Hello there, you're listening to the Sort Yourself Out podcast. This week we're discussing a big question about life on the spiritual path. Do you need to be vegetarian? I'm your host, Janine Hunt, natural health therapist for over 30 years, hypnotherapist, lifelong learner, and student of the ageless wisdom. Here on the Sort Yourself Out podcast and in my Better Than Happy Zone membership, I teach powerful top-down techniques and practices so that you can master your mind and emotions, free yourself of what's holding you back, expand your consciousness, and nourish your soul. So let's get started. Well, hello there, and thank you so much for joining me today. This week, we are addressing a big question about life on the spiritual path. Should you be vegetarian? Is meat an appropriate food for one seeking enlightenment? Now, this is a topic we could argue about all day. (laughs) Vegetarianism and veganism are often very emotional topics, and people have very strong views. And also, there are lots of ways to look at this, from the standpoints of animal welfare, environmental pollution, and deforestation related to modern farming methods, the hormones and drugs given to farm animals that inevitably end up in the food chain, and our physical, mental, and emotional health. So I'll touch on these somewhat, but what I really want to cover today is the spiritual necessity of vegetarianism. Is it, in fact, a necessity? Now, many people will tell you that it is. Now, I've been vegetarian myself for 33 years. And if I talked about this topic 15 years ago, I would have said, yep, everyone should be vegetarian, (laughs) regardless of whether they're on the spiritual path or not. Now, I've never been a rabid vegetarian forcing my views on others, but I love animals, and I think that the way we are treating them via our modern farming methods is, for the most part, appalling. But with my study of the ageless wisdom, I've been taught to open my mind to the bigger picture of life and to let go of my own fixed and cherished ideas about things. I've been able to look at things more objectively and not so personally. This kind of practice, letting go of our glamours and illusions, is one of the main requirements for spiritual advancement. We need to attain a sense of detachment. Now, I can tell you I was reluctant to let this one go. This was probably one of my most strongly held beliefs. And this kind of belief as well about vegetarianism can also be a huge part of our identity. I mean, we say, I am a vegetarian. We are deeply identified with this choice. But the ageless wisdom tells us that any fixed or fanatical thought or emotion is pushing us too far into extremism and off the middle way of balance and detachment. 
Now, I confess that I have definitely been guilty in the past, like many vegetarians and vegans, of that smug feeling of superiority. (laughs) But think about it. Is that a right view to hold? Is it helping my spiritual growth to be judgmental about it and to make other people feel uncomfortable by suggesting that their views and habits are wrong? Now, this is a very controversial topic. So I imagine that I am ruffling some feathers just by saying that. So I want to look a little more deeply at some of the teachings from the ageless wisdom about vegetarianism so you can decide for yourself where you stand and what's right for you. Because here's the thing, not all paths are right for all people. We are all at different stages in our spiritual unfoldment, different stages of consciousness. So we can't make blanket statements that everyone should do this or do that. And this is true for vegetarianism too. So one of the main themes for spiritual growth is purification. At a certain stage on the spiritual path, we need to purify our being on all levels so that the lower energies of the ego are released to make way for the higher energies of the soul. We simply cannot contact higher energies when our physical vehicles are clouded by glamour and illusion and also poor nutrition. On this, the Tibetan master said, It involves the elimination of all that hinders the nature of divinity from full expression. This necessitates the leaving behind stage after stage, cycle after cycle, life after life, and plane after plane of every tendency in the form nature which veils or hides the glory of God. So on the physical level, he goes on to say that this involves the training of the physical body, quote, the building in of matter of the higher subplanes and the elimination of the lower and coarser matter. This is needed because it is impossible for those with coarse bodies to contact high vibration. It is impossible for the ego, and that's ego with a capital E meaning the soul, to transmit the higher knowledge and guidance through a coarse physical body. It is impossible for the loftier currents of thought to impact the little evolved physical brain. Hence, the refinement of the physical body is an essential. We do this, he says, by eating pure food. A vegetarian diet chosen with wise discrimination. It requires the eating of only those vegetables and fruits that vitalize. Careful judgment shown in the choice of food. Wise refraining from too heavy eating. And a little pure good food perfectly assimilated are all that a disciple requires. You ask what foods? Milk, honey, whole wheat bread, all the vegetables that contact the sun, oranges, above all oranges, bananas, raisins, nuts, some potatoes, unpolished rice, and may I again reiterate, just as much of all the above as to ensure activity. So notice there that he said disciples, 
Not everyone is on the path of discipleship. You'll probably have a pretty good idea if you are. And if you're fairly new to the spiritual path, then this will likely not concern you so much, but it will later on. And FYI, the other forms of physical purification he suggests are cleanliness. Much use of water externally and internally is vitally required. Sleep. This should always be between the hours of 10 in the evening and 5 in the morning and as much as possible out of doors. Well, that last little bit is not going to be much of a goer for us these days. (laughs) And also sunshine. He says contact with the sun should be much sought after and the vitalization that comes from its rays. The sun kills all germs and frees from disease. And he says that when these four requirements are attended to adequately, a definite process of elimination proceeds, and in the course of a few years, the whole physical body shifts its polarization gradually up until ultimately you will have a body composed of atomic subplane matter. This may take several incarnations, but it should be borne in mind that at each fresh incarnation, a body is taken of the exact quality, if I may so put it, as the one previously discarded at death. Hence, time is never lost in building. So isn't that interesting? Your endeavors to purify your being pay off not only in this lifetime, but you also benefit in future ones. A little extra incentive for you there. (laughs) So we've discussed purification, and another of the main themes for spiritual growth is discipline. Now, I'm aware that talking about purification and discipline will have many of us running for the hills. (laughs) But these, like it or not, are a part of the spiritual path. And for some of us, they won't seem quite so unpalatable. Now, don't even get me started on redemption, relinquishment, and sacrifice. Oh my God, who would go there? (laughs) But alas, we do. And I haven't even mentioned the C word yet. Celibacy. Yep, I went there. That's what I said. Celibacy. At a certain point on the path, we need to gain control of the physical nature. And the Tibetan explains that this is a thing not easily to be acquired, but entailing many lives of strenuous effort. Through abstinence, right continence, that's another C word meaning the previous C word, Clean living, vegetarian diet, and rigid self-control, the man gradually raises the vibration of his physical atoms, builds a body of ever greater resistance and strength, and succeeds in manifesting forth a sheath of greater refinement, he says. Wow. So, in what I'm going to say next, you can see the complexity of the spiritual path and why treading the spiritual path is known as walking the razor-edged path between the pairs of opposites. Because we humans have a tendency to take things too far, to swing too far from one side to the other with fanatical abandon. (laughs) He says... 
that we have to guard against thinking that purification is related only to the physical plane life where these physical disciplines have been put in the place of emotional loveliness, mental clarity, and intuitional illumination. He says when we are too occupied with the physical, the thoughts of the aspirant become focused downwards into matter and not outwards and upwards into light. He goes on to say that once they have learned that control and once they can no longer be swayed by the appetites of the flesh, they can be married or not married. They can eat meat or not eat meat as seems best to them and as their karma may indicate or their circumstances dictate. Once that has been proven, the situation is altered. The physical disciplines are a phase of training, and when the lesson is learned, they are no longer needed. Phew! (laughs) So the Tibetan also spoke of how there are cycles of souls incarnating who are preparing for initiation, meaning an expansion of consciousness, so that there is the gradual coming in of human beings who are vegetarians by natural inclination and by the appearance of souls who are interested specifically in the welfare and nurture of the animals, as is the case now. We see a lot of that. So we have the cyclic appearance of a whole group of humans who have a definite karmic relation to the animal kingdom. And this is the important thing. If people are going to eat meat, humans are here in the grander sense of thing, things to be the uplifters and caretakers of the lower kingdoms. The lower kingdoms are divine beings too, also on an evolutionary path. And today's animals will be the future humans, and we need to respect them and treat them with compassion. As Michelle Small Wright said in her amazing book, Behaving as if the God in All Life Matters, the concept of harvest is built into the service that the plant and animal kingdoms provide for humanity. And as with the human kingdom, there is really no death. It is how the life is lived that matters, and humanity has great progress to make in its custodianship of our little brothers. And I think this is one point we can all agree upon, whether we advocate eating animals or not. So there's my take on vegetarianism, on the spiritual path. There is no one cut and dried answer to this. And also, I'm not claiming to have put forth all of the issues involved. However, this is all about the bigger picture of life, being in the world and not of it, knowing who we are and anchoring our spirit into our daily lives on the physical plane, living with grace and balance and not swinging violently around with strong emotions that are ultimately separative and keeping us focused 
in our lower natures. So there we go. I hope you found this interesting, and I really hope that you can take this with objectivity. I hope I'm not going to get hate mail. This objectivity is part of what I've been discussing. It is built into the spiritual path. So beyond all that, here's something else to help you on your spiritual path. Meditation. If you don't meditate already, I recommend that you download my free quick start guide to doable meditation. In it, I provide really simple, no-fuss instructions on how to meditate, and I'm talking meditation that takes as little as five minutes and you will feel the benefit. It also includes tips to make sure you can fit it into your day and to move past any resistance you might feel about starting a daily meditation practice. So do give it a go, as meditation is the technique to advance you on your spiritual path and to anchor the qualities of your soul in your daily life. And if you really want to move forward on your spiritual path, you might want to join my Better Than Happy Zone membership, which is full of trainings, techniques, and practices to help you do just that. Have a look at betterthanhappyzone.com. So to get my free quick start guide to doable meditation, you can go to the inspirationcloud.com slash SYO84. Those are the numbers, 84. That's the inspirationcloud.com slash SYO84. And I will put a link in the show notes. Okay, my friend, that's all for today. Thanks so much for spending your time with me. I think it's lovely that you do, and I really do appreciate it. Take care, and I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening and for sharing this podcast and for subscribing and leaving me a lovely five-star review on iTunes. Those things really help to get the podcast out there so that it can serve more people. If you have any questions or would like me to address a certain topic, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at info at Thanks again, and I'll see you next week.